2: Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 349. And I have got Jason Holt back here with me from Anvil. And we have got uh probably one of the things out there that I think are um it's catching. I don't in our industry here, the on the especially on the equipment side of the business, using data and truly using data to make decisions is I don't want to say it's new to the industry, but it's in its infancy, I think. So um we have got uh, a lot of tools out there that point us in a lot of directions, and the good old fashioned Excel spreadsheet. You know, everyone's got an Excel spreadsheet or twelve laying around someplace that they're going to use. So, looking at all that and how that all plays out.
3: But, but Jason, before we jump into all that, how you been and what's been going on over at Anvil? Man? Yeah, we've been very well over here at Anvil. Uh, a lot of customers are uh, coming on board, and we're just really excited about some of the uh, some of the opportunities in today's environment with interest rates rising and, and inventory being sparse and stuff. I think the winners and losers in today markets are the ones that really do what we're going to talk about today is they understand yep. their business. Well, they understand their inventory well, and that just means analytics. Yep. So they've been, uh, it's been a hot topic. And we, we got back from Vegas last month and a lot of customers were talking to us about that. And we're getting excited for spring around here as well. Yeah. so We call that second winter where I live at. So it's uh... <laughs> Coming around, now, it's right I, so, before road construction season.
2: That's exactly right. Yeah, um, I, I think I am a big washout cycle guy. To me, the washout cycle is the, if you can control your washout cycle and understand how it works and everything that goes with it, you can influence your business um, on the wholesale side. On the, I mean, on the whole good side, uh, sell side of stuff. That's you can easily tell what your health is of your company, what your, where your hot spots are, where your weak points are, where your, um, where your cold spots are all those things come and start looking at that. And, and one of the things I'll be, I'll be honest with you, Jason, that kind of has me a little bit worried is not so much the amount of equipment that's out there. Cause I don't think we have an equipment numbers problem. The big, the yeah. number problem that we have is just, you know, where it's where it's priced at and what's that look like and how does that compare to a new one and all those kind of things, which, I went back and looked at, for example, a 2010 brand new S7 9770 was like 235 thousand yeah. bucks, and lo and behold, the the difference between the uh, the used one and the new one was about the same percentage as we see now, right? You know, yeah. roughly about the same. So from a ratio standpoint, nothing's really changed. It's all still staying there. We're just trying to find who's going to buy the. The $500,000 this or the $450,000 that or the $650,000 or whatever, you know? Yeah. So you start going down those paths and you start looking at that. And you made an excellent point that I never even thought about. To we were talking about this was, well, you know, who who bought the last DB120? That's probably the person you need to go talk to about an X9 combine. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. So I guess when you're looking at, your
3: system, Jason, how, how, how can I use your system to, to solve that problem? You know, um, I refer to that as kind of like a, a maturity level problem that you're trying to face there as well. You know, a lot of dealers are starting with just, I got a spreadsheet of my inventory and we print it out sure. every week. And just how do we get to where we know more about it? So that first level that we help with is knowing what machines have been quoted and how often and to who. Um I really get surprised in working with some of our customers where we consult a little bit more and kind of help out best practice in just identifying how much inventory they've had or have currently that has never been quoted. And right on our stock unit record, it tells you the last quote, when it was, how long ago, and ultimately which quote it was sold on. And once dealers see that visibility, it changes your mindset a little bit about having that right on uh, in a report, right on the record, right in the salesperson's day to day it really changes a lot of, uh, of your decision-making is when you realize we've had three of them and zero quotes have happened onto there. You start looking for why. And that's the first question you've got to answer with analytics is why is this occurring mm-hmm. before you can start predicting what we should do next. Then our tool has a uh, kind of like based upon these things that I've seen in the past, here's what I would predict. And oh, yeah. it's uh, you know, customer has x amount of business every year or does these types of things and that's where you can feed in model mix and it starts to pick out some of those things and that's once you've got a good handle on knowing your inventory well you can then start to predict or suggest things and you don't start with 100 accuracy go sell it to this person because they're way they have a checkbook out ready to write to you you start with here's a pool of 20 people that fit a profile that traditionally look like the people who have uh, bought a used combine from you in the past that meets this criteria. And then you start getting, you know, your entire customer pool whittled down to a group of people. And we've got a little widget right on the page that shows, you know, this customer is a likely buyer because of this criteria, this criteria and this criteria. Um, those things don't come out as day one when you when you pick up a, a you know package or technology partner like us. but those are the things that you can work your way to. The first thing is just age buckets, quoting activity, those types of things to give us insight. And then you're amazed where that leads you. um and that's where some of the better tools, even AI, we've got some AI products that uh, model metrics is what we call it, and uh, can really take you that that pretty far. Um so it's gonna be exciting the trip we go on with with our some of our customers. Yeah. And I, I think it's it's a I get 'cause I get stuck in this trap all the time too, where
2: you sit there and three months go by, six months go by, nine months go by, and you look down at your sheet and you're like, man, that, that machine's been here for six months already. I can't I didn't realize that. And then yeah, you start going back and doing following the, the breadcrumbs back to where things started at, and it's amazing to see well, that thing's only been quoted twice. And, you know, you bring it up to your sales, your sales staff, and you're like, "What's why is this machine only been quoted twice? Well, you know, it's got a X, or it's got a, you know, it's got a spreader. Hey, this has got two-wheel drive, and most of our guys want four-wheel drive. Or, you know, something yeah. something along those lines, you know, where, you know, this has got a 1,500 front end and an ILS front end, or something like that. Okay. Where you start that. And so now you need to start making those decisions as to, well, obviously, we traded for something that wasn't going to be, Exactly. We want to force to so we'll start making those decisions as are we going to wholesale the out? Are we going to auction it? Are we going to yeah. cut the price? What are we going to do to make things happen? And I, and I think the great thing about what you just talked about and looking at your custom history and those kind of things that out here where I'm at in, in the Panheil in Nebraska, the, the ILS tractor is, is going to be something that's used for in, the, in a farming operation. And you'll never sell it hardly ever to anybody that's in a feedlot operation. Well, okay. if you do come across that 1,500 front end or that 1,300 front end, that solid front end, yep. you immediately know who you're going to have to go talk to about that and who are the guys you need to go talk to about that yep. and what does that look like. That is where that quoting tool comes in. You don't have to quote something 100 times. You just have to quote it, you know, yep. for the second quote,
3: and you got to just quote it to the white 100 people and then go make sure that happens. So, I like where you went to, and, we, you know, it's interesting. We had that conversation with one of our customers. Um, When we, when a machine becomes aged, it probably was well on its path to become aged on day one. Yeah. You just didn't know it. So we were posed the question from a customer of how can we automatically be notified when something is not right? And that's where, you know, tracking how many pictures does it have? Zero. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's a red flag or reconditioning is way above the estimate. That's a red flag. So we're kind of scoring equipment continually. Has it advertised it? What's it advertised on? Has it been inspected? All of these different triggers that, you know, you and I can talk about that. And those are all obvious flags. What's hard is doing that at scale. When you got a few hundred machines or even a hundred machines in inventory, it's really hard to keep all of that straight. That's where right. technology comes into play and what we've brought out to customers is alert me when these things are in play so that I can then make some decisions sooner rather than later. You know, if it's an 8R with ILS and, um, you know, it doesn't have two quotes on it within 30 days, you should be alerted to that machine immediately because that should not be happening. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, don't wait till the 90 day review to figure out why it didn't uh, have quotes on it immediately. Let the technology alert you to some rules. And we've got a really strong logic engine in there where you can uh, make those yourself or use our out of the box rules. Yeah, but let it alert you when something happens, uh, so you don't have to wait for that big inventory review to make the right decision.
2: Yep, yeah. and that goes back to the spreadsheet thing. So I had the spreadsheet with everything in there, and it would I'd update the spreadsheet every you know every Monday or whatever, and go back yeah. in and color code it. it. Looked like a you know a, some foreign country's flag by the time I got done. <laughs> You know, and it was, but it was, that's what it was. I mean, and so you, when every 30 or 60 or 90 days or whatever your review process looked like, everything in between, it was just sitting idle, right? You were just, you weren't, you didn't have the attention. You you had the visibility to it, but it was so manual to to figure out what was where that you had to constantly be writing a a different formula so that it would update the date or, or, you know, change a color. And you waited to see when all the red colors showed up before you did anything with the, you know, it was just where if you can set back and just take a look at that from a dashboard perspective that
3: makes it so much easier to that's to what keep our track customers on. tell us is when when anything you feel like you're doing a robot's job or that you feel like you got to just go in and do the same thing over and over again cuz what you were doing was just applying logic to a new set of data over and over again you were mm-hmm. a robot and that's where technology can really help you get time back and get the ROI on on buying that technology is the time spent is on looking at the information not creating the information. Right. What you just described was you know 2 or 3 hours a week spent massaging a new spreadsheet to make it look like the one you did last week. Right. That's when you got to, that should be a red alarm bell. I need technology because I can get 2 or 3 hours back a week and just not having to create the spreadsheet And if you take it from two or three hours making the spreadsheet to two or three hours analyzing the information and making decisions, you will have a really big ROI on that on that switchover. Hundred percent. And I think when you're looking at when you're looking at
2: working your way through that whole data set and what that whole thing plays out, that looks like you're exactly right. I mean, by the time you you spent the morning getting everything put together, then you're going to spend the next day kind of putting your presentation together as to what you need to go talk to the next guy about where if you can send an email and say, "Hey, just open this up right here and see this dashboard right here. This dashboard is going to show you everything that you need to know. Let's start making decisions on this today. And then we'll, by the end of the week we've we're ready to make a decision on this specific group of equipment and not this big, huge monstrous, you know, well, we better have 14 people in the same room to make a decision on what we're going to do. And I think that's the hard part. Uh, of the spreadsheet side of it and and not the
3: the technology and everything to you so you can see everything that you need to run with well and we've all been in those meetings where or in conversations with folks where the first question is well who made the spreadsheet or let me see your numbers or Mm -hmm. i don't believe your formulas right and it's because they're recreated all the time and what you end up doing is well this person has to be the only one who can create an inventory review sheet because they know how to do it Well, if you have the right technology, like what Anvil can provide with either Anvil or Dealer Connect, that's baked into the logic, and you just open the report, and boom, you've got it. Open the dashboard, and boom, you've got it the same way every single time, and you don't spend half the meeting comparing, well, my version says this, and your version says this, which number should we believe? You just get right to the meat of what you're looking at. Yeah, exactly. I think, And you're exactly right there. So
2: I think the other thing, too... Is kind of going back to the washout cycle part of it for a minute. So, to me, when you're looking at how washout cycles have gone, they're only getting longer because the price of equipment's getting more. So, it's going to take more machines to kind of wash through that, and how that works. Unless you just start wielding a big sword, and everyone's going to be paying, you know, huge trade difference, which nobody nobody wants that, and nobody's going to make that happen. So, as you kind of work through that cycle, again, coming back to what you're talking about with the, the dashboard side of it, the technology, bringing that in there. If you can take your washout cycle from, you know, I ran a tractor washout cycle the other day and it was eight times, right. Mm-hmm. To get down to where that that around $50,000 ish under $75,000 yeah. kind of approach to what that looks like. So that's a, that's a long time. I mean, even if that's yeah. two, every, every 60 days you turn going through a washout cycle. Well, that's, I mean, I'm not the best mathematician on the planet, but that's, that's 16 months. That's a year and a half almost to wash through that one new one that you sold. And then all the other ones that you're piling on top of that. So interest is a big deal now and watching how the interest plays into those things. Shrinking, shrinking the uh, washout cycle is going to make a huge difference in how one, a your cash position and b your overall um, just health and what you see happening um, is going to make a big difference in how you're doing that. So have you really, have you, have you thought about yeah. washout cycle and how, how that plays into what, I mean,
3: is there like a report you guys have or a dashboard yeah. you know that kind of shows a bit of a washout cycle? You know, uh, that's a great example of something that when you try to do it manually, it's really hard to put together and nail down on how to get your numbers. Right. Because you, you start thinking about the whole thing at once. But if you really distill down what a washout is, this machine was related to this machine. And this machine was related to that machine. You're building a hierarchy, right? Yep. That's not a hard concept in in technology speak because it's just a relationship. We just build a relationship across it and then guess what? We just group it together and it's a kind of a hierarchy. So the washout becomes simpler when you apply some technology to it because you're not trying to juggle a lot of information all at once and then do it again over here. You're just every time something sells, you just build a relationship to what, what it was traded in for and work its way through. Where it breaks down is um, a lot of times people want it to be 100%. And you just can't get there because you always have those two-for-one deals. You have this deal where they traded the combine in for a tractor or something like mm-hmm. that. But with analytics, you don't have to be perfect to get a lot of insight. Sure. And that's what a true washout report, like what you can get from us, is it's directionally correct. I don't know if it's 8.5 or 8.2 or 7.5, but directionally, you know it's too much. And you can get there with technology with very little effort. And you just kind of take out some of those, you know, statistical, you take off the highs and the lows and you look at the middle. That's what we've been able to address a little bit with the washout is take Mm -hmm. off the odd and unusual high ones and the odd and unusual situations, and then look what is really there. And that's where you get good insight. We're not statisticians here where we're trying to make hard numbers. We're trying to read the tea leaves here with analytics that says directionally, we've got a problem here versus here Mm -hmm. and allows us to focus in onto that and, and get suggestions. Yeah. yeah and what what you're saying there too also is one of those key things about the
2: washout cycle all up too is you see where where your sticking points are in there right you know yeah hey, you know what if we take another one of these machines in yeah. odds are it's going to be here for this long right if we do this up here it's going to be you know this long and here's what our return is going to look like because yeah yeah that's another thing about washout cycles too is you see every it's like the most you yeah. it's, it's it's the most naked thing out there right i mean it's You've got, you see everything and there's, there's, yeah. you're not hiding anything from anybody. You see your days and in inventory, how long it was there. You see how much margin you made on, on each one of those cycles that went through those cycles. And then, yeah. then ultimately what, what you made through the entire washout cycle and start looking at, do we need more margin? Do we need less margin? Or we, if, you know, what's yeah. what the trigger, what's the lever we need to pull to make this thing happen. And I think if you have that information in front of you, a lot of places have those reports, but it is not easy to to yep. figure out what you did. It's a it's a it's the hierarchy of machines you're talking about. It's yep. not the an eight r three seventy. Here's what our washout cycle is for those. It's yep. not a you know you can't drill it down into that into that yep.
3: perspective. And doing that makes a huge difference in how you handle your business and how you handle how and you. And a lot operate. of folks <laughs> get paralyzed by that from the standpoint. Okay, I can tell you one machine exactly how it washed out. Well, then we get paralyzed by the fact that, well, I can't tell you that for every machine at the same time because of this scenario, that scenario, this whatever. You don't have to. With a washout report, you can get by family and you can get directionally what it is and Mm -hmm. exclude some of the weird ones. Um, And you can make some really strong decisions and get some really good insights off of those things. Uh, Analytics without insights really are just stats. And and that's where you're talking about, you know, 5,000 combines on the market. That's a great number, but that's not really good analytics because I don't know, is that high? Is that low? Is that going up? Is it going down? That's the key to true analytics is can I make some decisions? Can I get some insight off of that? And uh, so many people get hung up on the wall of numbers things, like what's the washout specifically? It's uh, directionally, is this going up? Is it going down? Is it worse or better than these other things? And that's what we can help you with. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good point because... Just because you have,
2: you know, I, I hear people say, well, oh, well, there's not that many of X out there right now. Well, if you've got one and nobody wants to buy it, you've got a, you've got a common yeah. problem. Right? I mean, yes. that's just how it is. I mean, yeah. um, so understanding what those numbers are. And then, like you just said, what's that mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's it mean when you say that? And, you know, I'm looking right here. There's whatever. On planners, there are, I don't know, not very many. 3,700 planners out there listed on the marketplace now that's that's a anybody that understands anything about the equipment side of, of the world knows that that is woefully woefully under what anything should be um, if you had to put 3600 planner or 3700 planners out today and that's all you had to operate with. There wouldn't be much of a crop in the United States, so. But that just shows you where you're at. But then you bounce up to where you're at with combines. You know, you're pushing 8,300 combines or whatever it is that's out there right now, in that vicinity. Yeah. yeah well, it's not 10,000 like it was two years ago, but this you know 82,000 or 8,200 combines at an average price of 217,000 bucks compared to two years ago, 10,000, probably at a pretty close to the similar one, just because the numbers were so much bigger, the actual volume of machines. That's when you start making those decisions as, do we have a problem or not? And you got to understand what the numbers mean and historically how those trend lines come together. It makes such
3: an important movement in in the way you look at your inventory. You know, the other thing with those numbers is, You know, I I can take any number you give me and tell any story you want me to tell you off that number. Um, So one thing in our application that people have, have kind of gravitated to is on our dashboards. You can get the overall, like here's my spread or whatever else, but then I can, I got one click and I see the line items. So I can kind of do a, you know, a reality check on that number to see if it's telling me what I'm really trying to do with just a click or two. And oftentimes a lot of our dashboards have the pretty part up top. And then a table down below so that you can click on it. Yep, I believe that. Yep, that's where it's coming from. Or, or, um, you know, it's not really giving me what I'm looking for uh, from there. If you've got to spend more than about five seconds looking at a dashboard or something before you realize what I should dig into, you know, it's not a well-designed dashboard. And that's kind of our rule of thumb. Uh, It's designed for a purpose. And it's interactive so that you can do exactly what you were just saying. I know that that's a low number. And here looks to be a problem spot. It's like the housing market today. The housing market today, you could say it's it's strong or it's not, just depending on which segment of the market you want to look at. Right. Um, it's the same thing right. with planners. You could yep. tell the same story of a of a bad market and a and a good market, all within the same number of units. Yep. You yeah, had a guy tell me that one time when I was <clears throat> when I first got out of college. I was going to
2: buy this just business, and I put the spreadsheet together. And he's all, he go, that's great. That spreadsheet." So all that's stuff is telling you is that you're gonna win, no matter what, that you're gonna win. And I was like, Well, yeah, and he goes, What about X, Y, and Z? And he started he started putting numbers in there, and I'm like, okay, I see you know, all right. He goes, You can make a spreadsheet, say whatever you want to. And and again, you can tell the story however you want to tell that story, and it's all all that stuff's important. So it's uh yeah, that is such an important
3: how you interpret the data, I guess, is what's the important yeah. part of it. And there's a lot of data geeks out there, you know, that really know and, and, you know, enjoy this. We're probably two of them. But what I would just say to your listeners or your uh, uh, viewers there is you need something in place now. You got to get something in place and you got to realize the value from there. Um, The winners and losers today are the ones moving from seat of the pants decisions to, you know, out of spreadsheets, out of things like that that are done every once a year. To the folks that know where they're at every month, every day, because they've got some analytics tools into there. Um, now's the time to, to make those first steps, regardless of your comfort level with it as well. Um, I would just say the market is telling us um, knowing your inventory better than ever is, is how you're going to win in today's market. Yep. And uh, unfortunately,
2: it's not, it's not going to change anytime soon. So that's definitely a wrap. All right, Jason, good place to stop there, man. If uh, folks want to reach out to you and get more information
3: about what you're doing over at Anvil, what's the best way to do that? It's great. It's anvilappworks.com. We just launched a brand new website with some uh, fill out your forms and sign up for our newsletters. You'll get insights like we share here. Um, And if you're interested in hearing more about us, it's just sales at anvilappworks.com. Send us a note. We'll reach right out or uh, I'm sure it'll be a link in this uh, uh, listing, the show notes as well. Sure. yeah, It will be there. So, well, Jason, appreciate you being on.
2: I appreciate what you guys are doing over there at Anvil with our partnership here on the Moving Iron Podcast. Thank you very much. All right. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Go to LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast and check out the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel, which is Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. So clever. I know. So check that out. If you want more information about anything Moving Iron related, go to MovingIronLLC.com. And in the upper right corner, check... Uh, click the box up there that says Moving Iron Summit. All the information is there on speakers and how to register and everything else. And Jason, his gang will be there uh, if you have any questions that's why you're there. So stop in and see Jason there at the Moving Iron Summit. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Jason Holt. It's going
1: to be smart folks. Out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment.